Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Everybody, this is Kevin, and you're listening to another episode of Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we're taking a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Um, and I am joined by a new partner here, John Arnold. Hey, what's up, you guys? Uh, John and I go way back to college, freshmen, strangers to each other. Long time ago. Yeah, nearly 20 years. In a galaxy. Um, far, so, far away. So I'm so stoked. We've taken the show to Houston for this session. Yes. Hello, everyone from H-Town. And um, we are here to talk about a movie that is, I feel like if we had a movie that, <laughs> that, that encapsulated our friendship, our relationship with each other, it's this one. I want to oh, let yeah. you say that. I'm going to let you say what it is. Uh, I hope you guys are ready because uh, today we're talking about uh, blood sport. <laughs> Yes. A classic. The classic 1987 uh, Van Damme vehicle, star-making vehicle. Yeah, the, fir- the first, uh, first out of the gate. What was your first exposure to this movie? I am, I'm sure it was seeing it on like a TBS or whatever cable movie yeah. channel. Yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, I was remembering my earliest exposure to this and, and thought that it must have been TBS, but as I, as I remembered it, I remembered my... <laughs> My mom and dad dropping my brother and off at my grandmother's house on the weekends, and we'd be sitting there like after breakfast, and she'd pop in Bloodsport on her VHS. She, when I was left with grandmoms, we were watching like Annie or nah, Benji man. or Swiss Family Robinson. My Jimmy Sue R.I.P. had a thing for Jean Claude. <laughs> She would admire his physique. She she did. She would point out how much more ripped he was than everyone else in the movie. It was spectacular. Did she like the splits? Uh, she was a big fan. <laughs> she was a big fan. Um, she saw the sex appeal right away. So I swear in college we had to watch this movie once a week. I At think. least once a week. And quoting heavily all week long, right? Constantly. Getting on other roommates' nerves, I'm sure. Absolutely. You had no choice. You, you either had to play along or be completely annoyed at all times. <laughs> um, so what are we sipping on here to paint the picture? So, we're, so yeah, we are, we're having some uh, Woodford Reserve double oaked. It's delicious. Nasty. Yeah, it is. It is a, they, they refer to it at the distillery as their dessert bourbon. So if you're at home... We, we raise our glasses to you, yes. salute you with some Woodford Double Oaked. We encourage you to run now to your liquor cabinet or refrigerator and grab your favorite libation. Grab something, and, please. And then, and then yeah, yeah, you're going to need it. And then, and then prepare for the mayhem and the carnage. Yeah, this movie is awesome. Awesomely bad, but also just flat out awesome. Yeah. And if you need to yell mate, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> so... This sucker opens up with what aerials of Hong Kong, like stock footage, right? Clearly, That's right. very grainy That's stock right. footage. Uh, yeah, we see we see Hong Kong, we see Victoria Harbor, we see Kowloon Bay, which and you've actually been before. Yes, uh, it, it was it was surreal being in Hong Kong the year that I met you, 
and walking around Kowloon and wondering if everyone else was feeling the same sense of nostalgia and amazement that I was, but no one else. I was like, anyone? Has anyone in this group seen Bloodsport? And no one had. Who were you with? Church people. Okay, okay. Fucking church people. (laughs) All right. You know what's stunning is Van Damme got top billing, like pre-title billing on this movie, and he'd never starred in anything before. The, well, the backstory of how he was even discovered for this is phenomenal. And so you, you see a young Van Damme who'd been languishing in, in Hollywood for five years as like a pizza delivery guy and a waiter. Or, sees, or dancing in the background of Breaking 2 or Breaking whatever. I, I feel like I haven't done proper research. I need to go watch He's Yeah. And he was in an awful karate flick called No Retreat, No Surrender, which is kind of like a Karate Kid knockoff, just about. But um, he was like the evil Russian bad guy. But I don't think he ever got to speak. So... I, so this this is how you get your career made. You you run up to a, a movie producer, and mm-hmm. you say, hey, guy, and you do Check this out. a flying roundhouse kick above his head, and you get signed to your first major motion picture. He's like, yes, you, we're going to make you famous. You've got the stuff. You've got the touch. <laughs> um, the rest is history. But yeah, that is wacky. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like he just got the part through like sheer bravado. Yeah. He, he, yeah, no one believed in himself more than Van Damme. There were also these crazy stories like this would have been, I guess, after the filming of this movie, but that Van Damme was originally cast to be the original Predator what? in Predator. Like he was going to be the guy in the suit. Interesting. Much smaller guy than the yeah. Predator actually wound up being. And yeah. there are a million stories, but he had also had a similar story where he was just all the time trying to show people his karate moves, like the, the kicks and the splits and, and no stuff, wanted and wanted to Predator it. to do that. And they were like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. It's not this kind of alien. And he, he got shit canned from that uh, gig. <laughs> but that would have been post this movie filming, but before this movie came out, right. probably. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and directed by Newt Arnold. No, definitely no relation. We'll, we'll refer to him <laughs> as, as Uncle, Uncle Newt throughout. <laughs> so we're looking at like the Korukai boys setting up for the kumite that's right which i did like google translate that does mean like black dragon society that's pretty cool sounds awesome as well yep uh newt arnold fun fact was the the guy in the shower scene in goonies where the the goonies (laughs) mess up the town's water system and the guy's staring at the the faucet in bewilderment as the water's going crazy (laughs) just so you guys know that's That's nuts i haven't seen goonies enough to even like close my eyes and picture (laughs) the scene but yeah um then we got, like, the awesome first montage of the movie, like, the various fighters and their training. Uh, Chong Li is, like, breaking ice, and yep. it's fucking badass. It is. The ice is just, like, exploding, right? And then, and then we just see a, a litany of um, probably inspirations for Street Fighter characters. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, yeah, it's, like, every or, fighting or type Kombat. you can imagine. There's, there's sumo guy. Then there's, like, monkey-style guy, like, cracking coconuts on a tree limb. Euro-trash guy with his manservant-looking eye, (laughs) grinning surreptitiously. I know. It's just flying through boards. Then um, there's the the Brazilian guy. I guess he seems Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazilian jungle fight guy. (laughs) Who is is Van Damme's good friend. I don't know if it's Michelle or Michael. Yeah, probably uh, Michelle. Kesey. Who played Tong Po and Kickboxer? Which is which is crazy to me, but I guess now going back and thinking about it, I can see like that horrible facial prosthetic. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. It's terrible. And then he was in Lionheart, 
as well as like one of the the French Foreign Legion military policemen. That's right. That's right. Which very similar to this movie, that one. <laughs> very, very. If you look, if you think about it. Um, then we get Ray Jackson, the American, played by Revenge of the Nerds star Donald Gibb. Yeah, he's he's like pretty great, but he's just there's no discernible technique. No, he's, he's just pounding a heavy bag. He, he is what a video game would refer to as a brawler. <laughs> and is his buddy, who's like even more schlubby than he is, comes and is like, "You really going to Hong Kong? You can get killed in that." And only, only if you fuck up. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I need some more scars on my face. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a tight. Very tight, like second long bit of exposition. Yeah, you're going to Hong Kong. You're fighting in something called a kumite, and oh, you can get killed. So we, this, uh, the whole premise of the movie has been outlined by this schlub <laughs> getting worked up at the heavy bag. This movie is like nothing if not economical. Like it keeps it moving. Oh it's man, it's a good thing for a movie like this. You don't want it to be two hours long. No. We're, we are clocking in at like under one hour and forty minutes. Yeah, for and sure. It could have been much shorter. <laughs> um, then we go to to meet Frank Dukes training in the military gym. Like he's kicking a speed bag, like you do. Wearing a was he wearing like a unitard? Yeah, something like, like <laughs> an, I'm sure it was army issued unitard. Army issued. When, when he is when he's approached by corporate terrible acting. <laughs> yeah, like just this horrible, horrible corporal. Sir, sir, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Like, no facial expressions on this guy. He's like a mask. <laughs> um, it's just such bad acting. Then he's like, well, let me go get a... He's like, I got to take you to see the colonel. Colonel Cook would like to see you before you head out on furlough. He's like, okay, well, let me go grab a shower first. And the guy's like, well, I'll, I'll just have to wait and watch. <laughs> he was like... He's kinky like that. But then he just lets him go, of course. All I could think was... Props to Van Dam for learning English during this whole part. I'm just yeah. like, it's like, it's been a struggle. It's not, it's not great acting, but he learned English. And <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I guess they're in the showers for I don't know how long, and the corporal starts getting suspicious, I suppose, and calling out for him. Then he pokes his head, and then the shower's empty. Of course, I guess he went butt naked like out a window. One presumes. Or I like maybe to with a towel. Yeah. You like to he was think pulling about up it? some red whitey tidies as he's running out the <laughs> running out of the yes. barracks. He never goes far without his briefs. Um, <laughs> so, what? Corporal man goes to the general or the Cur- the colonel. Cur- yeah, corporal terrible actor runs into Colonel Cook and informs him that that uh, Dukes is nowhere to be found, and and the colonel says, "Put Helmer and Rollins on it right away, and don't show up until you found him." And well, I don't know if Colonel Cook said it or if the guy who dubbed Colonel Cook's voice <laughs> said it. Because this <laughs> was some true. of the worst vocal dubbing I've seen. We Our speculation, right, was that the movie is filmed in Hong Kong, so right. this might have not been an American, just a white guy. Yeah, he could have been some Brit or something with, with a thick they're accent. Like, just say they're it, like, we'll dub it later. Or, yeah, Dutch or they're whatever. Like, they're like, at this point, we can't have two Americans with thick foreign accents. <laughs> Being our American army guys. <laughs> um but yeah, so maybe just had like a high pitched, squeaky, like Mickey Mouse voice yeah, or something. But a e- number of things. Either way, yeah, they sick some military police guys on finding Dukes. Um, Dukes goes to the first place he would go, and the first place that the military police should find him, which is uh, his old Shidoshi Tanaka's house. Shinzo Tanaka. Yeah, he meets Tanaka's wife. Who I we get the impression Tanaka's like ill, he's resting or whatever. Right. right. Um, 
there's a super super awkward hug. Oh man! Between Van Damme and the, it's like that ass out hug. Well, for, for anyone that's ever acted in a show of any kind or or done any bit of theater, it's like when two people are looking each other each other, and you know someone's supposed to be doing something, but you're not sure who's supposed to instigate it, and then they finally hug, and it's like oh. But it's it's the most awkward thing. They ever. were they were like purposefully holding their faces, like keeping their faces away from touching. And I feel like it's probably like we'll mess up the makeup. Yeah. If our faces rub against each other, have to, and we don't have time for that. There's no time. There's, There's never no time any time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. Uh, he oh right, she goes to I guess check on yeah, Shinzo. She, she goes to make sure that he is awake, awake. or capable of accepting put visitors. His, which, put his clothes back which, on <laughs> so she can dress him. Yes. <laughs> he can see you now. Uh, and and as she's leaving the room, Frank gets visual of that uh, of that katana sword sitting sitting on the mantle. Yeah, which or not triggers. On the mantle. I guess it's just on a like a piece of furniture, but anyway. triggers like an epic flashback sequence <laughs> in the movie, which which someone on the internet claims is the longest flashback ever. We're calling bullshit on that. We didn't have time to to fact check. Yeah, that, but, but what was it like? Ten minutes or something? Yeah, they, I think so, whoever it was was like ten minutes and fifty four seconds of uninterrupted flashback, and I just don't think that that's. Which we're thinking like, I mean, I my first thought was Citizen Kane, where the whole movie basically is a flashback. Exactly. Um, or or uh, Godfather Two, where fifty percent of the movie is. Yeah. So I don't see I don't see where or how they get that or where they would verify where they'd get that from. I don't buy that. Yeah. So. We flash back to some rowdy teens, like, sneaking into... Well, they're looking through the win- window, sneaking right? Sneaking through an open window. And they're like, oh, look at the sword! <laughs> so they come in. The ringleader, like, gives this big, conspicuous sort of waving motion. Rugby like, shirt, kid. Yeah. Come on in, guys. <laughs> they go in there. They want to just play with the sword, I guess. No, nah, man. The one kid says, are you going to grab something t- or not? I think that they, they were, were, gonna they were out for loot. And, okay. then, and then Frank enters the house wearing every giant sports paraphernalia <laughs> that he could find at home. It was. It was a, yeah, it was a San Francisco Giants hat with the New York Giants jersey on. Brilliant. And we're just like, this is probably just what they found. I think the whole movie was maybe done in Hong Kong. I wonder if some of this was done in America. I don't know. You can well also the, the number on the front of the jersey of the football jersey did not match the numbers that were on the sleeves. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's it's like awesome. the, the number on the front of the jersey is like 65, and there's only a number five so that on the that does sleeve. seem like the knockoff yeah. stuff you would find in Hong Kong. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Surprise Giants was spelled correctly. But. <laughs> they, they're like looting the place, I guess, then, and they hear someone entering the house. So the two smart ones run off. Yeah, they drop the sword. And, and they're the like, sheath. come on, Frank, let's go. Dumbass Frank. Frank is, is too polite a kid. And is trying to set things back where they go. Yeah, it's like I just I can't. He's Why wouldn't you just, just run? Too stupid to run. <laughs> and I want to say, like, young Frank could not look less like Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, that must have been someone's son. Maybe, maybe that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Maybe that was like. I think they just found some kid with a French accent, and we're like, "You'll do." Totally. I don't think he I, he didn't even seem to be an actor either. No. It just seemed like. Your, your voice sounds the closest to Van Damme's voice. Right. Um, would you have been more offended if it was a dude with no accent at all playing young Frank? I mean, he has so few lines, but I mean... I wasn't no. going to steal it. It's, I mean, it all sort of works out oddly in, in this movie's weird way. It, it's okay. You know what would have been bad? 
is if young Frank had been a really good actor, and then you switch to Van Damme, and you're like, what happened? He, he grew, used to be able to act. He was such a natural, and he grew right out of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like uh, Haley Joel Osment or something. <laughs> but, um, so, y- r- uh, what, young Tanaka comes in and beats the shit out of, <laughs> out of yeah, like Frank Dukes. Tanaka Sr. runs in and sinks his dog <laughs> on Frank. <laughs> he came in and just gut kicked him. With his him. ass, son. <laughs> he gut kicked him, dropped him, and then was like ready to give him some more, and Dad called him off a little bit. Sent him to do his homework. That's enough, Shingo. I also like that um, like real-life Frank Dukes is very offended by this portrayal. Yes, yes. When when asked about this portrayal, if this is actually the way that it went down, he's like, "Oh God, I get in. I almost got into a fight with the with the screenwriter about this. So disrespectful." All of Frank's stories end with him almost beating somebody up. Yes, he's all, <laughs> always almost beating someone up, and and the, the details of the story as told in the film or wherever else are not quite what he explained to someone because everything he's ever said is a lie. We we should also mention that this movie is 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 based on the completely preposterous and utterly false life of Frank W. Dukes. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we're going to get to that yeah, in we'll depth there, later. But, but yeah, his I, I just put that together. I think it's great that his every great story he's got ends with him almost having to fight somebody. And then all, people but are then the other like, guy chickens oh, out. Like, oh, you're crazy, Frank. You're crazy. And like, <laughs> yeah, out. You're crazy. All right, you win, you win. And I guess we get a glimpse of that insanity when Tanaka uses the katana sword to cut the bill off yeah. Frank's hat, teenage Frank's hat, and there's no flinching. Like, he could have accidentally killed Frank pretty <laughs> easily, right? Well, he's a trained ninja i guess but like frank could have leaned in or something you know yeah, like what what yeah he could have cut his face kid's off gonna do but uh, yeah my grandmother i tried to i asked my grandmother over and over again this is hysterical asking my grandmother why didn't he flinch i would have flinched and she said well his reflexes are so good and i was like i feel like that means he should have flinched <laughs> right his reflexes you're, are so saying, bad <laughs> what you're saying i'm seven years old and i'm still like i don't buy this grandma i think also yeah tanaka's like maybe we can make some kind of deal which and then yeah, young Frank's like, Sexly. what kind of deal or whatever? It does sound like it could turn then sexual pretty fast. The, the cutscene was a gag ball next, but <laughs> so then we we got Tanaka talking with Frank Dukes's parents in a very sort of awkwardly forced analogy about like I raise fish, you raise grapes, but we both raise sons. Yeah, it's. There's a lot of foreigners talking to each other about things, and they're like, what? No one knows what's happening. This script kind of feels like it was translated into another language and then translated back into English. Yeah. It sort like, of sounds like they read it through the Google Translate. Yeah, and, and then translate, translate it to Spanish, then translate it back to English, and we'll see what we got. Um, but, yeah, somehow, and then totally, Dukes' parents... Fully on board. Yeah. We'll Turn your you. son over to this strange guy. Yeah, we'll let your son kick the shit out of our son. That's fine. That's uh, absolutely fine. We, so, right, we get to the training, and so, it, yeah, it so is basically cut. young Tanaka just beating yeah, Frank Shingo up. Shingo is, is letting Frank have it, like, has him on the ground in a hold, and then still just decks him in the face while he's down on the ground. And then I feel like Tanaka's like, okay, that's enough for today, and then like, Frank's like, no, it's not. He hasn't had enough. He's like, why are you training him but not me? Which is a fair point. It is a fair point. He's like just being his punching bag, right? Um, <laughs> but then we, then we fast forward a little bit more, and 
I think that maybe Tanaka was impressed by that. But we fast forward to a schoolyard beatdown, and it yes. appears that Shingo's been ganged up on. I by feel like a couple more rugby shirt guys are beaten up. Maybe the same rugby shirt guys. It could have been his old friends. Yeah. I was thinking that that kind of would make sense for Frank to now be on the side of the underdog hmm. in that situation. But Frank runs in and, like, whips ass. Which is weird. I thought that – so we have established that young Tanaka can handle Frank all day long. Right. But these two guys are beating him up, and then Frank comes in and beats them up. So now I've lost track of the hierarchy of who's the best fighters in the schoolyard. Well, maybe Frank was catching up rapidly. Maybe he's a fast learner because of that fighting spirit that we saw earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, you and, also, and also, Shingo was jumped in the schoolyard by two bullies. That's true. He I could have been who, jumped. Yeah. Whose yeah. bike did they leave on the ground when they're walking did off? Did they just walk off and leave one? Well, we get some more. Ex- oh, we, we can't forget the exposition. <laughs> Shingo, Shingo says, as Frank walks up to help, oh, yes. one day. <laughs> one day I'm going to fight in the Kumite and make my father proud. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Let's go home, I guess. Which, cut two. No, you're not, Shingo. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, Shingo died, and and it's never really explained. <laughs> Sonaka's like very distraught. Yeah, it's never explained. It's his, his only son from presumably a second marriage? Yeah, he definitely goes into that. So a couple of theories. My first instinct is that, that Shingo got mixed up in some bad business and, like, <laughs> doing drugs and stuff. Right. But, like, there's so... I've heard this theory before that he could have been in an earlier draft of the script or something. Maybe he was the guy who got killed oh, interesting. by Chong Lee at the previous Kumite. But they yeah, cut yeah, that storyline. I don't know. A little bit, yeah. But there's another movie that I would talk to you about a moment ago called it's called Blood Fight. <laughs> or Completely or it's also movie. called sometimes Final Fight. But it's a sweet video game. But it's called I think it's called Blood Fight, like on the title card of the movie. And the it came out like year after Bloodsport. The plot is strikingly similar. I'm it's, shocked by that. It's an inter- international Kumite with guys fighting from all over the world, they, different do they, styles. Do they call it Kumite? I don't know if it had a name. I don't remember. It's on Amazon Prime or at Sometimes least Sometimes I like to think that Frank made that word up. <laughs> it is as of this recording. It's called Final Fight on Amazon Prime, but the title of the movie on the screen is called Blood Fight. It's got Bolo Young, who's the main bad guy in this. Right. Is the main bad guy in that Love going by Bolo. the name of Chang Lee. Oh my god. And in that movie No one's even trying. In that movie he Chang Lee kills the protege of the main hero of the film. If you guys want to, we, we encourage you to hit pause, run to your nearest streaming device and watch Final Fight and then grab and a then, six pack and then and then come right back and and pick up where you've left um, off because this will be a good refresher. He kills this guy, same neck breaking move, then he takes that guy's bandana and his waves it around triumphantly. And later on in the final fight he wears it tied around his waist. Oh my like, god. It's it's and this this came after Bloodsport. It was definitely released after. It's got a later date on it, but I feel like they just took the movie and redid it. There's That's a sumo perfect. guy. There's a like a seven foot tall Indian guy. That's okay. Yeah. In there, I mean, we American directors do that to Japanese films all the yeah. time, so I feel like it's fair game. I also though it makes me wonder if they just sort of took a draft of the script. Where it's like, oh, well, it'll be the protege got killed and it's a revenge <laughs> film rather than 
Anyway, we don't. We just don't know what happened to Shingo. What was your theory? Car wreck. Car crash. <laughs> cancer. Or those the rugby shirt guy beat him oh, up and killed him. Hate crime. That's right. Hate crime. Shit. It got I grim. Know, I know it got dark, but <laughs> I will say this actor playing Tanaka, badass. His, his name was uh, Roy Chow, who you you all at home may remember as Lao Shea from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Fuck yes. When you called that out, I was like, that is why he's so familiar. This Nerhachi's a really small guy. <laughs> Lao Shea. He's such <laughs> a good actor. He's acting circles around Van Damme. Like, it almost brings a tear to your eye when he's talking about how the his karate, you know, is taught father to son and all that. Yeah, but Van Damme's early '80s moosed up hair meant to convey a younger <laughs> age makes <laughs> makes up for the acting that's not happening during this heartfelt moment with Tanaka. Different hairstyle. He's got to be younger. Oh my god, he um, looks like a keyboard player for a new wave band. Like it was really moosed up. It was tall. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, the emotion on that awesome. Yeah, well, I mean. To hear tonight, I, I was I was shocked to go back and listen to the full story because I don't think I appreciated as a as like a preteen that Tanaka reveals that his entire family was wiped out by the original atom bomb. Fuck, that's rough. Yeah, and so and so he rebuilt his life in California with started another family, yeah, and then now that legacy is gone too. And now he's I guess too old to do it all again. But one, he's like his assume. legacy is his. Mama Tanaka is not looking. Nah, now she's past the child rearing age. She's barren. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no seed may find purchase on that rocky soil. <laughs> but it is like yeah, like I guess his legacy is his martial arts, and he's like. Saying, you know, this will, it dies with me, I guess. And you know, that's just, why Frank Dukes is like, you can train me, Shidoshi. But you're not Japanese. You are not a Tanaka. <laughs> and yeah, it's You like, are neither family, nor are you Asian, racist. <laughs> it is a little, and I think the way <laughs> that he wins him over is like, well, I'll, let's do it to honor you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds pretty so, good. So it's either, it's either ego or... Is he just really vain? Frank, well, I think Frank is aware of the, the quickest way straight to a, a Japanese ninja's heart, and that is play the honor card. True. Yeah. He seems, he seems really uh, invested in his karate being on display at the Kumite. Oh, yeah. It, well, it's, it's the only way for that legacy to live on. So. I guess the real Frank Dukes claims that he was trained as a ninja, so I guess it's ninjutsu. Yes, we are we are looking at ninjutsu or whatever also, that shapes part shapes of his to be. his crazy ass story was that he was trained by Tiger Tanaka, and then someone points out, you know, that's a that's the name of the ninja trainer in J- a James Bond novel, and he's like, oh well, you know, those books were based on real life people. Like that's the card he played was that. He was trained by the guy who was the inspiration for the guy in the James Bond. Look, I mean, his ability in real life, Frank Duke's ability to think of a lie in real time is mind numbing. Unrivaled. It is unbelievable. He's got an answer for everything. And it's usually like some of them are not the smartest responses. Like, he would set the Kumite record for fastest lie. (laughs) Fastest lie told. Um, But. Now I also wonder, did Tanaka win the Kumite as a younger man? I think that that is implied the by sword? virtue of the Katana sword. But it yeah. has to be earned. Okay, I like and, it. And because all the Black Dragon guys, as we'll see later, they're aware of who he is. Like, Yeah, they know his aware. legacy. Yeah. yeah, good call. So <laughs> now we go into a training montage. Oh. Every good movie's got to have a training montage. That is correct. Yes. 
it gets you on the side of the hero. I read that recently. Is that every good movie worth its salt has? You're a watching line. him like earn it. Right. It's the same uh, same thing with Rocky. Same thing with Karate the, Kid was like Karate Kid, all training. The most recent because because you you're seeing people from a standpoint of they're a complete novice, they're a complete fuck up like you are at any mm-hmm. given time with whatever career path you've chosen, and people are supposed to be able to identify with that because it's like yeah. they're not preternaturally born with. They're that not ability. already just already the best. I'm not. I wasn't born a ninja. I worked hard. If you think about it, even like the Matrix movies, you get to see training. Exactly. Yeah. Even though it, un- it happens on a unorthodox qu- quick time, <laughs> as fast as a download. So you get all the John Claude Van Damme staples in this. Like there's splits. There's uh, blindfold fighting. Yeah. Him getting beaten with sticks. Grabbing goldfish. <laughs> Bl- was he? He wasn't blindfold grabbing goldfish. Was I don't he? think so. No, no. Okay. You couldn't do that. No. No one's that just, good. Just just grabbing goldfish was impressive <laughs> enough. The reflexes. Yeah, and then and then we do get the blindfolded tea service. Yes. Yes, there's blindfolded tea service. And then what? Tanaka tries to chop him in the face and well, he catches it? Yes, the, the blindfolded tea service karate chop block just kind of catches Which the... Which really impressed Mrs. Tanaka. Oh, yeah, she, was, she, was, she had a lady boner from that. I, I think, think she's lusting after uh, yeah, young for, Frank. For young Frank. <laughs> the student has become the teacher, so to speak. Again, so, again, so he's getting whatever, beaten with sticks. He's getting pulled apart in that like sort of rack. Yeah, so I think that this this is the whole. It's like a whole illusion to being able to separate your mind from your body. So the beating from sticks is like the beginning of yeah. that training, and then it's like meditating while in pain. And then once you graduate from being beaten and being able to stand that, you get drawn and quartered. <laughs> so he's yeah he's like yeah he's being ripped apart basically by this device. Um, that's we'll keep a count. That's Jean Claude Van Damme split number two. For the two. movie. That's right. But he sort of, yeah, he goes into like a meditation, like Zen state where he sort of zones out the pain and he's like pulls himself up, which really wows Tanaka. Which, which in real life, Frank Dukes maintains was a real training technique that was used. Like he yeah, says, yeah, I could see the whole trying to, to, to separate the pain oh, from totally. your mental state for totally. sure. Right. Um, and I guess the training is deemed a success because Tanaka gives him his katana. That's right. There's a private ceremony in the Tanaka hatchery backyard. Mrs. Tanaka not there. <laughs> not invited. It did look a lot, just like a dirt lot. Yeah. Like there was no, it wasn't like Miyagi's backyard where it's all waterfalls it and beautiful, yeah. bonsai trees. Pristinely landscaped. Yeah. This is like, but it was a, it was a long ass flashback. I'll say that was it, like a. It holds a world record. It was like not a quarter of the movie, but at least an eighth of the movie. Yeah. Probably, right? I think um, we can safely say 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes or so. 11 minutes. And um, that'll be our, our stop-off point for this chapter of Bloodsport. How did we get here so quickly? <laughs> but we'll be back because things are actually about to get really interesting uh, once we arrive in Hong Kong. So hope you'll uh, join us for the next chapter. Okay, USA. <laughs> My body's ready. My heart's on fire.